What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruins Breakdown 24-7 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm upbeat. It's 11 o'clock. No, that, 11 was that was 11. way too flat. What? No, what that was, was way too flat. For you what? Said, you said, I'm, I'm doing really good. Doing you didn't really let good. me finish what I was saying. I'm doing really good. It's 11.07. Just, just got home, ready to do this podcast because I wanted to do one the last time, but we couldn't because, you know, only two games. So here we are. And uh, I'm ready for you to, to call me dumb throughout this podcast oh i'm 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 more than ready for that more than ready for that um but yeah we haven't done a basketball podcast since uh mississippi state which was december 4th and now it is what december 17th 17th so since then we've seen north texas lose to west virginia we've seen them beat arkansas pine bluff and now beat houston Baptist. and i feel like we've seen enough to where we can come on a podcast and give a unique and uh, different perspective than we had a week ago or two weeks ago, for that matter. Is that fair? Oh, it's fair. Oh, okay, okay, good. Oh, I don't even. I don't even want to know what your it's head fair. is going like with these takes. I just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll through it. The punches. Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna recap the games. Uh, however, I do want to start. So I do want to start with the West Virginia game specifically. Like, start off with that game. Okay. Because it was such a unique game in a sense of what North Texas was able to do. And I feel like it was the best that they played of any of the games up to that point. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, completely. Um, so obviously Mississippi state and Arkansas, there was just such a, you know, ugly games in a lot of ways. And, and West Virginia was an ugly game as well, but it was largely because North Texas made it ugly. It's because their defense was, you know, really, really solid for a lot of that game. And they were able to stay, stay in striking distance because you know jv on hand run to in the first half and um they don't still don't shoot the ball well but they're able to get a little bit more going towards the rim and find their comfort on the offense even though west virginia is just a, such a big team and west virginia still got rebounds but north texas did a good job a uh, better job on the glass than they did against mississippi state in my opinion um what was your main takeaway from that west virginia game uh, that they're able to play against good teams and, and look like they can compete. We haven't really seen that this year. Uh, Mississippi State was like, I mean, we both came away from that disappointed, whereas West Virginia, I was like, okay, well, they can play against anybody still. Yeah. Um, like you said, their defense was crazy. They, they played a lot of J.J. Murray, and I thought his defense was tremendous. Uh, you saw, I mean, Reese, you know, I think they made their best player go like 2-12 from the field or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they, they made the game the way they wanted it to be. They just couldn't hit shots at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that, that was the game that that made me say, okay, this team's okay. Like it's it's not it's not gonna be this constant worry of where's their ceiling at? Because I think their ceiling coming away from that game, I knew that their ceiling was gonna be high enough to win another conference championship. Oh, absolutely. And that that's what I, I wasn't sure about going into it. But the way that they played defense specifically against West Virginia told me that okay, they're gonna be fine. 
because once these threes start falling, once James Reed starts making these open shots, um, and they J, uh, Javion finds his comfort level, which he did a little bit against West Virginia. Once all that settles in, they're going to be at the same level that they were at last year, which I, which is debatable if that's enough, but we'll see if they can even surpass that. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm interested in. Um, now combining the Arkansas Pine Bluff game and the Houston Baptist games, just because they were blowouts by 30 and 25 uh arkansas pine bluff was a slow start for north texas and then they pulled away at the end whereas houston baptist was a really fast start and at the end houston baptist cuts cut it to like 25 and end up losing by or north texas ended up winning by 30 so it was uh the best of both worlds there both games uh their shooters shot well whether it was uh reese drez um guys like that and then ruben i thought was settled in in both of those games you could tell because the West Virginia game, Ruben had a lot to do with the ball handling in that game. And he took from that game and his confidence just soared going into those other two games. Yep. He was like, okay, <clears throat> I can do this against West Virginia. I'm going to destroy Arkansas Pine Bluff. <laughs> and that's pretty much what he did. I mean, his stats weren't gaudy by any means. Like he wasn't putting up these 15 and eight numbers or anything like that. Uh, I think against Houston Baptist, it was eight and three or something like that. And Arkansas Pine Bluff, it was like 12 and four or something like that. Um, but just the way he plays and the way he's able to spot those minutes of Javion is really, really comforting to see. And the way the swagger he has about him and the way he plays the game is just comforting to know. Um, and so it takes pressure off of Drez, which I'm sure, which we'll get into later on of Drez not being, uh, having that breakout season yet uh we'll, we'll get into that later but it's it's been good to see ruben settle in so quickly and just he's just a natural he's just a baller man yeah no i i, I love ruben i don't well we can talk about more later but yeah i mean i don't have anything else to say right now um was there anything else you took away from those two games, those two blowout wins? I mean, I guess tonight. I mean, just to, to go off the point of Drez, it's you kind of see who the secondary ball handler was. I mean, already it's going to be Ruben moving forward when Javion's out. Um, until Drez, like you said, is able to hit that stride. But I'm glad that someone was able to step up despite Drez's, you know, struggles because, you know, if they didn't have that, then I don't think we'd be both be sitting here saying, yeah, they can win the conference championship again. Yeah, no, because that's that was the whole question coming into the season is like who's going to replace that Mo production as the secondary ball handler, and we assumed it to be Drez. Um, I guess we'll start off with with should we start with Drez or Ruben? Uh, in in what way? In they're kind of hand in hand. In yeah, I was going to say they're the same. So okay, let's go with both of them. But the, obviously, replacing Mo's production was was the concern, and we assumed Drez to be that guy. And so far, he hasn't really been that guy, right? They've they I don't know how much they've given him the opportunity to do so, but in just in the flow of the offense, he hasn't been that guy. Um, now that's not to say he can't do it because I do think that he is capable just off of his athleticism and his physicality, and I do think he's comfortable with the ball, but the way Ruben carries himself when he has the ball in his hands is that of a point guard. And that's a big difference. So, you know, Mo wanted to be a point guard largely, but he didn't handle the ball in pressure, at least not in conference play the way that Javion did. There was a difference. And I'm not saying Ruben is already at that Javion standard. I'm just saying that the way he has the comfort he has with the ball in his hands is that of a point guard. And that's a big difference to me. 
Oh no, I completely agree. I mean, it, it's it's night and day from Mo. I mean, when he has the ball in his hands, just because he's he's not just the I'm gonna have the ball in my hand. Oh, okay, there's a guy in front of me. Swing the ball. I mean, he makes something happen when there might not necessarily be something there, and or he's dynamic in in different ways to where it's not just where he's stuck it on the perimeter. He's able to drive. He's able to you know take a step back and hit the mid mid range jumper, and he's able to run it in transition. I think that was the most impressive thing to me is how when guys are trying to chase him down he's able to, you know, get out of, you know, two guys coming up on him and make that pass. Yeah, that's another that's another thing. We assume Drez to be the guy that pushed the ball in transition, and he has in situations, but Ruben being that point guard and the guy who can rebound the ball and go, we saw it on a, a few occasions where he's either got a steal or got a rebound and just went. And that's the Houston Yates in him, right? Just running. And that's where he gets the steals from. That's where he makes those really flashy passes from. It's because in high school, he had so much freedom that he just made plays. He just played. And it's and interesting. That's oh, where sorry. he is. Sorry. It's, it's, no, it's interesting because when Javion's in, there's obviously a completely different feel in the way that they play the game with Javion on the floor without Ruben and with Ruben on the floor without Javion with Javion, you know, it's that slow, you know, steady pace still let's get the, let's get the perfect shot. Whereas with Ruben, like it's surprising to see Grant run. Like he's running with Ruben and he trusts him to make the right decision with guys who aren't necessarily there. Aren't always going to make plays. Like when he's out there with JJ Reese, Abu and Terrence, like those are all fine players, but you know, they're not the starters and he's able to make, he's, he's giving the freedom and also moving away from what he's been used to since he's been here. Grant is that that is. And it's it's interesting to see. And I like it. I think it's, it helps this team a lot because then it gives you a, a second look in terms of how you can attack teams. Yeah. Um, I assumed coming into the year that instead of being 350th in the country in pace, they'd maybe bump up to like the 300s, right? Like 310 <laughs> yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right now, they're 329. So step in the right direction and that's playing you know three sec teams in that stretch and right so it well, they're of, trying to muck up the game exactly so that it's a very interesting thing that's according to kim palm uh as well the tough part for me is figuring out how i want drez to play within the offense because obviously he's talented obviously he can shoot the ball i still think he's this let me make sure i say this right I think he's the second best shooter on the team. Depends on what you think of Javion. Him and Javion right there, right? So it's Reese, and then it has to be... I mean, okay, so after Reese, and then it's either Javion, Ruben, or Drez. Sure. Those are your three options. Yeah. I would take Drez over over those two. Like, just uh, in a, a three-point shot. Just in a catch-and-shoot. Like wide open? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's already value right there what we need to see is him take it to the basket off of the drives. Right. And I think that once he gets comfortable not having the ball in his hands, because if you remember, he was recruited initially. And I think in junior college, he played point guard. So it's still taking him time to play without the ball. I think that's the biggest thing right now is playing without the ball. And I think that his ceiling is still very, very high, even though we haven't seen that yet. No, I agree. It also looks like he's being timid. Um, like when he does have the ball in his hand, it's, it almost seems like he doesn't want to do too much. And that's kind yeah. of limiting him in a way to where, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, I need to pass the ball. I need to do this. I need to make the right pass. And like you said, once he gets comfortable, I definitely see him getting a lot better. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not at that point of concern with Drez yet. And I think part of that is just because of how good Ruben's been and to where like I don't want to say they don't need him to handle the ball, but his role is greatly reduced in terms of creation when Ruben's on the court because he's not that second point guard that we assumed he was going to be. Right. He is a secondary creator on the court with a point guard on the when a point guard's on the court. So that's the interesting thing to me. If as long as he shoots the ball well, which he's currently 12 of 21 from three. So on the season, make of that what you will. Um, as, as long as he's shooting 40% from three, I think this team is going to be perfectly fine. Now, my, another concern of mine for Drez is defense because there have been several plays this year where Drez has been either lost defensively or a step behind defensively. And that has been a big concern for me. Offensively, I think he's going to be fine. Defense is where I need to see the biggest improvement. And I think him and Ruben have improved, but it's just make you have to get to the ch- point of playing on a championship level team defensively and that's only that and just making a step up to a new level of competition i mean uh he played juco guys last year so yeah yeah and so that's going to be a big thing for me is him defensively stepping in because i think i've seen ruben improve more than mardrez has defensively and maybe that's just ruben's like natural abilities of settling in but he's been in more positions for steals, charges, deflections, all that stuff. Meanwhile, Drez is kind of reacting to the play still. And that's going to be the biggest thing for, for me moving forward. Um. All right, let me see where we want to go here. Are we, are we surprised? How surprised are we that JJ has absorbed that seventh or eighth man role? Seventh man, I guess. Uh, I think coming in eighth this, man. if eighth you were to tell role. me this, I'd say... No, and that would that would not have been because I would have thought Jalen was playing. That would have been because I would have thought that Larry would have been there or uh, even Michael. However, after watching Jalen play in those those early games, and then now watching JJ now, JJ is the way better fit for now um, because Ruben. First of all, Ruben took away his ball handling minutes, Jalen's minutes, and yeah. then I think we both consider JJ the better shooter. Yes, even if it's marginal. Yeah, at this point and. His defense is, I mean, his defense is incredible. His defense is like, I, I don't want to say he's the best defender on the team, but he might be the best defender on the team. I mean, he makes like a legit difference when he's in it. It's like, oh my God, like this dude is insane. And then when you have him and Reese on the court, they're just hounds. And and it's not only that, it's that it's not that JJ just has the ability to stay in front of his guy. It's that he's able to, you know, kind of help in certain areas and then recover quickly. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of guys on, on on college, especially, don't do well. And he does it. I mean, he does it great. And not for nothing, he's a couple inches taller than Jalen. He's a little bigger, stronger. Yeah. I don't want to say he's that much stronger than Jalen because Jalen's a strong dude. But he is a little bigger, and he's what three years older. Yeah. At this point, I mean, JJ is definitely the better fit at this moment, and I think he is the better shooter. Um, and the team believes in him in a lot of ways. And I think that it's very obvious whenever you watch him play that his defense is just like when he's on the court, it is a palpable feeling. Of, yeah. Okay. We're guarding the ball. Right. And now. we saw it against West um, Virginia. I mean, right away when he was in, it was like, Oh my God, like this dude's, this dude's here. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can get his on off stuff. Cause I was looking at his on off stuff uh, the other day and I was about to tweet it, but I didn't, I don't remember what stopped me. Okay. Um, where is it? 
I'm not gonna find it, but they were like seven points better defensively when he was on the court when he, than when he was off the court. So it's and that like, was before when he didn't play as much. Yeah, so it's it's substantial. So, all right, let's look at because okay, here's one thing I do want to talk about. This freshman class is crazy, and I wasn't expecting it to be like this crazy. You mean in terms of that they're playing and playing not bad? Yes. Yeah, I mean. Ruben, I I was thinking of the game. Like, is he your second best guard? <laughs> like, like on it, like right now is he your I mean, second right best now? Guard? He might be. Yeah. No, I, I would still take Reese probably over him. But I mean, at this very moment. But, I would, but yeah, but I would consider Reese more of like the wing type of guy. But yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's two or three, and to have a and he's not two or three on a bad team. He's two and two or three on a championship level team. And then Abu, although he was really, really, I mean, he's still rough. Although he's really, really rough early, like he's learning quickly, and it's kind of weird. How shocked were you when you hit that mid range? <laughs> I was sitting on the end, on that end, and like when he like looked down and then looked up, I was like, "Oh my god, he's about to shoot this!" And then it was wet, and I was like, "He can shoot!" <laughs> I was like, oh, "I couldn't believe it! <laughs> I couldn't believe it!" I mean, if he if he has that. Man, you know, that's good, especially because he was so rough inside today. But, I mean, he's obviously has a lot more to learn than Ruben does. But the fact that he's able to still play and you and I haven't pulled our hair out, like, I thought it was going to be, like, whole year. We're going to see just tons of rough plays. But he's holding his own. And he had two really good blocks. Yeah, he's not. he hasn't been as bad defensively as, as we were worried about. Like, he's not still not, like, at that level yet. But I think a, the his biggest concern is finishing inside with – without being because in high school he's so used to being the tallest player on the court you know 6'10 right. dunks whenever you get on a court yeah whenever you get on a court with other 6'10 guys or 6'11 guys and West Virginia for instance or anybody else even he struggled against uh, Pine Bluff in a lot of ways uh, figuring out how to score and be crafty like Zach has done in a lot in uh, his entire career where Zach uses those reverse layups and uses those post up angles really creatively um figuring that out is going to be Abu's biggest biggest challenge but if he can hit the mid-range jumper and he can I don't even know has he shot many free throws what is he uh two of six from the free throw line so Abu needs to make free throws but man sign me up for Zach 2.0 right here no yeah I completely agree and what's weird too is that he's like a legitimate big that I feel comfortable with Grant playing since since Grant's been here like when Shaquem was on the floor, we were like, uh, no. When Mark was on the floor, we were like, uh, no. Like, Wait, is that a shot at Shane tomorrow? Shane doesn't count. Is that a shot at Shane tomorrow? Shane doesn't count. Because we, we can get him on the phone. We can get him on the phone. Oh, I guess Tope. But Tope Arikaway? Is that a shot I don't at know. Tope I don't know. Tope. International pro Tope Tope Arikaway? was a little. <laughs> Listen, that wasn't a championship caliber team. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, who um, else? Khalil Fuller was that a shot of Khalil? Fuller? That dude was like six foot seven. He doesn't count. He does. He definitely doesn't count. <laughs> I'm trying to think if they if they had any other bigs. We you already named. Can, can you name? Mark. Can you name Grant recruits, please? That's what I need. I don't need some Tony Benford Mark, guys. Shaquem. <laughs> Is that a shot at Jemiah Simmons? <laughs> Maya, I don't understand how Maya came in. Us thinking that he's gonna be a wing and like shoot threes, and he became a center at like six foot four. And then started for like half the year. <laughs> right. And then was benched and then still played a lot on that 2017 team. Regardless, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Uh, the freshman uh, team. I think Mike Kell's going to be really good. I think Mike Kell's going to be really good too. Um, I think 
It's just a matter of where does he fit now. He's only played 16 minutes. He's not going to play this year. I'm not worried about him this year. But next year, he's going to be like, he can step into like that Thomas Bell role. Not, he's not hitting. Okay. I, I might have said that wrong. He's not going to be Thomas Bell next year. Terrence, Terrence Lewis needs to be Thomas Bell next year, but he can fit into that mold of a player where it just rebounds really well. He's long, he's athletic. Like, if he can, if he can shoot the ball, dude, there's a reason why he was, you know, he had, uh, he had offers from Wyoming and Minnesota. Minnesota. Like, like, there's a reason for this. Right. Like, he, he's, he's legit. legit. Yeah. No, uh, I I completely agree. This this freshman class is by far the best freshman class so far. 100%. And it's not even close, really. No, it's really not. Like, when you think about it. <laughs> no shots. I don't, shot I don't, anybody else. Through, I don't even want to go through. Yeah, other, no, it's okay. <laughs> other ones. Uh, Mo was the only, like, good freshman, which is an interesting thing about this regime of McCaslin and company. Like, for how great they've been with getting junior college players, Mike Miller, and you go down the list of like Javion Hamlets and everybody, they've really only gotten like one good freshman. I think that's a product of how bad the team was perceived beforehand, though. It might be. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, there has to be a correlation in you win a championship and you instantly get your three best, the three of your best freshmen. Right. Ever. And, and the Juco guys that they're getting are good because they were guaranteeing them starting spots because there was nobody else on the team. So, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah, that second point I think has a lot to do with it as well in that you had to get Juco guys because you needed adequate starters. Right. Right. And they didn't have adequate starters. Now they have adequate starters. So now you don't need Juco guys. You just needed the two to fill in for um, Mo and Dang. And now you can go actually get freshmen. However, we have to acknowledge the fact that the the freshmen that they have gotten have been some misses. Oh yeah, and they're not like just small misses; Mark, like they're like Keem, gone. Yeah, Mark, Keem, Larry, Jalen, and not to take shots at Larry and Jalen, I think they're going to be fine players still. But I'm just saying, like they're not Reuben Jones, right? We don't foresee them starting. And Bro, okay, Reuben Jones legit could be a top five player in this conference by next year. Completely. That agree. might be a hot take. No, I hot, I completely. Like, I no no no. no. I I will go with your top five. Trust me, my takes in a second are way worse. But. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm just saying, man. This dude, this dude, Ruben might have just Listen, like when he had that no looks pass when he life. was like when he was like seven feet from the basket. I was like, and what's what's crazy is his face. Like as I'm taking pictures, his face does not change. It's like like you said that swagger, that swagger he has. It's just like down the court, straight face, look away, pass. Like it's like man no if you look at like any photos of him or anything like that, or like in his interviews or anything like that like press conferences his face is just the same he's just like this he's built different just, and what's what's crazy too and we mentioned you mentioned this too like you have to have adequate starters like he has jv on hamlet you know point guard actual point guard like taking him under his wing like that 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 is also a huge thing for ruben as well yeah um yeah, needless to say, if I threw, if I made that many no look passes, when I throw a lot of no look passes, you know, whenever I play, if whenever I throw no look passes, it's always met with me like smiling, like yeah, this dude, this dude's or, just, or, or some sort of facial. This dude, this dude does like, it like Ooh. this dude does it like three times a game, and like it's just like I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's the Yates in him. That's Houston Yates. The thing is, he did that like twenty times a game in high school. Outside of Javion, is he the best inside scorer in terms of? 
dynamicism at the basket? Uh, I'm putting Thomas there. I completely disagree with Thomas. I'm putting Thomas there. Thomas has been finishing well, I think. Ruben's able to like contort his body and just like make make Ruben's comfortable. Going. Ruben's comfortable. Ru- yeah, Ruben. Let everyone just know this: the college level is not phasing Ruben, and he's ready to go. Like this dude, <laughs> man. We're just gonna call this podcast the Ruben Jones podcast. Anyways, I guess this should bring me to my take. <clears throat> Are you ready uh, for take number one, or do you want okay, to continue with okay. something else? No, no, no. Yeah, the only thing I have left on my to-do list is biggest concerns, and I don't okay, know we'll do we'll... biggest concerns first. Actually, can we talk about Terrence first? Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, Terrence is really good, and I'm glad that we're seeing him actually like contribute on the offensive end because defensively he was fine, rebounding he was fine. It was on that offensive end. It was like, is he going to be in Maya? And yeah, he, like, yeah, he did like score he, somebody. Yeah, and he like. He has a it's not just the same type of baskets where it's like easy stuff. Like he's able to he's able to, you know, quick turnaround uh hooks, you know, mid mid-range like I guess like you said 10 15 feet out. Like he's he had it. Yeah, he had one. I, I we might be thinking of the same play. He had one in the second half tonight where he caught the ball about 12 feet away facing uh away from the basket and in one motion turned and shot the ball and swished it. And I was like that's a tough shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the play that I was thinking of. Like what? Like at the free throw line, right? Yeah, around yeah. there. So, no, his touch around the basket's really good. I mean, he averaged 18 a game in, in junior college, so we shouldn't be surprised that he has good touch around the basket. But like you said, it hadn't shown up to this point. And right. And I, now we're seeing it a little bit more. And, and it's he, good to he, see, too. Adjusting to that size. Yeah. And not only that, he can put the ball on the floor at least a little bit to where if he's standing, you know, 15 to 17 feet away from the basket on like the wing, he's able to do something with it as opposed to just kind of hold it and wait for someone to, to grab it from him. Uh, last player, I guess, since we're just basically going through the roster at this point, but last player, uh, Zach Simmons, how do we feel like he's done so far? Zach is Zach. He's the, I would say Javion. It is, it is Javion is the leader of this team, but it is Zach's team. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Does that make sense at all? I'm trying to liken it to like the Spurs, like Tony Parker. It was like his team, like when t- Tim got old, but then like Tim was, it was still like, like, Tim was like, still, it was still Javion Tim's is team, but Tony was the better player. Right. Javion's obviously the better player, and he's, you know, he's going to win you games. Whereas Zach, I feel like, is the, the heart of like the team it's in terms of the identity. Like Zach is the identity of Grant's tenure so far. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, calm collected um you know doesn't get bothered and i mean he's just that guy and i think that he's he's he is it's i mean it's his team in a sense i guess i don't know i'm not saying that it's like not javion's but like you know what i mean i know what you're saying um fun fact he has the second most assists on the team he has 11 so um (laughs) Uh, yeah, he has 11 assists, and Javion leads the way with 36, which is still a crazy number. Javion has 36 assists in six games. Shout uh, out 13 turnovers. <laughs> so we're talking about a 3-to-1 assist to turn- turnover ratio Only right now. One we're today. Still, and we still think he could get better. Like, like he's going to get better back to his form of last year. What's, what's one- crazy is that his assists tonight weren't like, you know, like it didn't feel like he was – they, they he, like, he could have had more is what I'm saying. Yeah, 
no, a hundred percent. But yeah, I think Zach is kind of just that rock in the middle. I think he is what we've ex- what we expect him to be coming into, into the season. He hasn't changed up too much, but he's still just ten points a game, uh, getting his rebounds, boxing out, shooting sixty percent from the field, uh, just doing what Zach does. And I think having him, but however, if you took him off of this team, it would be extremely noticeable. Oh yeah, and and that's that is also with. There being like if there was a if you say like a similarly productive big on the team, you take Zach off, it's still completely different. Oh, hundred percent. Like then you'd have to like start Abu or something. But and no, while I mean, Abu is fine, still put up like 10, 10 and eight every night. It's still not the same because Zach, like I said, Zach's demeanor, his leadership, his you know the way he carries himself yeah. on the court. I mean that 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 goes a long way. And obviously, yeah, Zach is a really- Grant Grant is kind of pushed his culture through him and Javion, you know, these last two years and it's shown completely. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Give us, get to your take. Let's see what you got. All right. We're going to, we're just we'll going to go with the big one right here. We're going to go with a big one right here. This team will be better than last year's team. Okay. Based on. Okay. Is that I'm, just, here's a couple things. Okay. Javion, okay, we a, a concern that I saw some fans have on Twitter at least was that people like when Javion or Ruben on the court, there's no offense. While that is true, where was your offense last year when Javion was off the court? It was only Javion for 37 minutes, and then you survived the other minutes. Second point, Ruben Jones is insane. You don't you don't need a guy like DJ if you have a Ruben. You don't need a guy like DJ if you have a JJ Murray. You don't need a guy like DJ, if you have, you know, the the depth on this team is a lot more than last year, and the players are a lot more dynamic. And then third, Javion, I think is a, is is, I don't know if you you've seen it, but he's completely different in my opinion in terms of the dynamicism off the dribble, and not when not when not when he's attacking the basket or anything like that, but like when he's trying to get around guys, like he's pulling out, you know, all these new move in my in my head. I don't know if you've seen it, like all these new moves. To get around guys, he's he, he just shown a different type of player, in my opinion. I do agree that the depth of this team is is better than last year's. Like, I think that, I mean, you look at the bench alone. It's like Terrence, um, they're they're comfortably playing nine right now, right? Terrence, Abu, JJ, and um, uh, Ruben off the bench like those four you can actually see playing minutes in conference play whereas last year they really could only play seven max max like Javion was playing 33 minutes a game last year in conference play like it's it's not a joke to where you had to play and right now Javion's under 30 minutes and obviously that comes with playing bad teams on occasion and not conference play but I think that's really sustainable right now in that you don't have to stress JV on the way that you had to had to last year. And I think that depth is a real thing. I will say that before I can say that they're defendant, that they are better. I need to see them shoot well against a good team. That's my main thing right now. I need to see James Reese go four or five against West Virginia. I need to see uh, Drez go three or five against LSU. Obviously, they're not playing LSU, but you get the point. I need to see uh, Ruben even. I and mean, we saw Ruben shoot well against, uh, was it Mississippi State? But West Virginia. We need, to see, we need to see these showings in big games and consistently throughout conference play. And 
that's my only hesitation is that it's hard to replicate a team that shot 38% from three last year. Like that is a crazy number, but, and if, if they can shoot 36, 37% from three, they're going to be, they're going to be right there. I just need to see it. But I, I do, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the take. Okay. I actually like the take. Uh, I guess the second take on top of that, this team can and will beat Western Kentucky. Well, they play twice. Oh, I know. I mean, for the conference championship. Oh, a tournament, or you mean? I just mean they're going to beat them for the for the conference championship. Okay. And I'm saying that only because West Virginia was my nail in the coffin for that. Because I mean, I was obviously on the fence in terms of like this team. It was the tier one for Western Kentucky, tier two for North Texas, and tier three for everyone else. The way they are able to handle themselves against bigger teams. If they can, if J and the way Javion played against West Virginia and West Kentucky is not West Virginia defensively, it. I don't think. Yes, obviously you have Charles Bassey. I don't think Western Kentucky playing that way with the guards that they have and the and the skills that they have on the floor around him can beat North Texas. You saying they can't beat him if they play through Bassey? Yes, in a weird way. You're saying, yeah, because with like, like if you play with Bassey, you're playing North Texas's game. You're playing in, you're playing in Grant's hands because they have slowly. to play slow. They have to give him the ball, and they have to play that way. Whereas if you have Tavian Hollingsworth and everyone else, like you're going quick, you're running the floor, you're trying to speed up North Texas. If you play, no one beats Grant his own game, and Grant knows that. Yeah. If I mean, if, if Javion hits like two, three of those floaters, and James Reese hits one three against West Virginia, that's North Texas win. I mean, that's what stopped. I mean, that's what almost beat North Texas twice last year for Western Kentucky. That's what beat them in Western Kentucky, and that's what almost beat them for the conference championship game. I mean, Tavia, you're, t- you're two Tavian Hollins were free throws away from, you know, losing that game. Right. People forget that. Like, th- that Western Kentucky team gave North Texas a lot of problems with that exact thing. Carson Williams at the five and them just spreading Justin out. Anderson and just, just, like, running Josh and dunking. Anderson. Josh, yeah, just, Josh Anderson. Just yeah. attacking and... Tavion and all those dudes just on the perimeter, just picking their spots. It's an interesting idea because I think that's a good point in that that's what we've seen give North Texas a lot of problems when they were sped up. That's what they can't do well. Right. And I don't think Ruben's at the point, while he is good, I don't think he's at that point where he will be next year where he's not phased by the speed up, right? He's still going to be, it's still going to be tough. And he's not going to be the guy with the ball in his hands the entire time. Like he will be in the future. So it's, it's going to be tough for, you know, this team to face a sped up team. But um, I, I, I think that's a good point you bring up there. I, I like that point a lot that if it's, this isn't the 2018 team that Charles Bassey cooked in the, in the conference tournament in Frisco and that beat them. Like, what was it? It was like, 60 to 43 or something like that right if it's a low scoring game north texas is going to be in it and they're going to have a good chance chance to win it because they're comfortable in that and it's and it's also important to to note too is that whenever they play they purposely play slow against teams that are way more talented than them and they're always in every game like you just said the fact that they're in games like west virginia like you know mississippi state arkansas last year when they were awful offensively uh date i don't remember dayton early was fine but we could watch that game like the fact that they're able to compete in games with such a huge talent disparity playing that way 
if you play that way against a team that has mostly Conference USA players and then Charles Bassey, I don't see why why they shouldn't be favorites to win a game where Charles Bassey's the main focus. It's going to come down to the thing about the Conference USA is it's going to come down to consistency, right? And that's what West Kentucky's never really had, right? And that's what they didn't have last year. And that doesn't look like what they are going to have this year with their barely beating Garner Webb and only beating Mississippi Valley State by like 20. It doesn't look like they're going to be that team that North Texas was last year that just decimated teams time after time after time. It doesn't look like they're going to be that. And so if North Texas can win the games that they're supposed to win like they did last year and go into the last, because they don't play West Kentucky until second to the set. They're the second last team that they play. So they'll have played 14 games up to that point. If they can take care of business there and go into that 11 and three or something like that, then we're like, okay, it takes a little bit of pressure off you. Obviously you're going to have to win one or both of those games, but it just shows that their consistency is what's going to help them pull out games like West Kentucky. Right. And that's what it did last year. Right. No, just I, I keep it I, with uh, it. That, that's what I'm saying. And if it, even if it does come down to, yeah, Western wins the regular season, if you give me a one-time game between Grant and this team against in Western Kentucky with Charles Bassey, I'm taking Grant. Yeah. All right. Do you have any other takes? Those are my two. I thought you'd be more surprised. No, I, I don't. I don't hate those takes at all. I thought you were gonna have something crazy like, I don't even know. I don't even know what you were gonna say. What, what could I have said? Like this team's bad. <laughs> like, Start this... JJ over Mardrez. Oh my God, no! <laughs> I thought it was gonna be something like that. Get... Was... Start Abu. <laughs> Start Abu. Twin Towers. Twin Towers. Abu Zach. Um. Okay. What's your one biggest concern right now? Uh, one biggest concern is probably still, I guess, Drez at this point. That's my only real concern. I mean, I have two concerns here. One, I think I think they're fine, but I need to make sure that they're – these are both kind of soft concerns, I guess. But I need to be sure that they can, A, rebound at a consistent level. I'm not even saying at a high level. I'm just saying a consistently, you know, solid level. And then B, like I said earlier, make shots against good teams. If they can do both of that, they're gonna they have the creation, they have the variety now in their offense, they have their defense set. I'm not worried. Like, I'm not worried at all. Yeah. I mean, the your the offensive thing, I think that's just a factor of them playing teams on completely other ends of the spectrum in terms of talent and having to adjust to that. Obviously, it's no excuse, but that I would give that the reason. And then what was your other reason again? Rebounding. Rebounding West Virginia coiled all rebounding fears for me. And miss oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh conference USA is looking pretty good basketball wise. UAB's beating up on a lot of bad teams. UTSA uh doesn't look that good, but they're still, you know, have those scores on them. UTEP just be Arizona State. Um what else we got here? Uh, La Tech is looking pretty good. Western and Marshall both look pretty good. So, I mean, and I've said it before, uh, North Texas plays, I believe it was eight of the top nine teams, or no, yeah, eight of the top nine teams uh, in Conference USA outside of itself. So, um, as far as, like, the coaches' poll goes. So, we'll see how that plays out. I think it's going to be really uh, an interesting schedule uh, as far as conference goes, but I think there's still going to be three more games left of conference, not conference play. They played six. You can have up to nine. 
Um, they're going to play LSU Alexandria on December 22nd. On That's a Tuesday. Uh, Grant said that they're going to get at least one more in somewhere, and hopefully they get two in. So, you know, they've been determined throughout this non-conference season to get as many games as possible. So I'm assuming they're going to get two more. But even if they only get one more, get make it, you know, the 20 or when the day after Christmas or something, you know, I'm fine with that. We'll see how it goes. All right, Colin, anything else? No, I'm good. You look tired. Where's all that vigor that you started this podcast with? Uh, gone. Gone. <laughs> all right, Colin. Um, quickly, will North Texas football cover the, let's say, 19 and a half point spread? No. Can I, can, since we're not doing a football preview podcast, can I just put the score prediction out there? Oh, wait, no. Start, you can just start yelling out football takes if you want. I was on an Appalachian State po- podcast, and then I just did an Appalachian State Q&A, um, which will be on the site in a few days. Check that out. Let's just, let's just have uh, – let's both say two takes about this game, and then, and then we'll leave it at that until Monday. Okay. Go ahead. I think you have App State scoring more than I do, so you can say that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, App State's gonna court, score over sixty points. Yeah, I have it. As, I have about fifty nine or sixty. Yeah, over sixty points. Sorry, it's over sixty. Uh, your turn now. We gotta go. The thing is, the don't. Here's the reason why they they could be held under sixty. It's because they, they run the ball their, a lot. Take their foot off the gas. Is that they run the ball a lot? Did you not see every team against North Texas UTSA run the ball? UTSA also ran the ball a lot, and UTSA. Scored forty five. Do you not remember like teams averaging like eight yards a carry for like the for through like the first half? I would just <laughs> look, I'm just saying they could take their foot off the gas and they could run the ball a lot. So I'm 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 comfortable at a fifty nine. Um, what's one of my takes? Uh, whoever the quarterback is will pat, complete under fifty percent of his passes. I don't. You might you might need to make it hot more hot of a take than more that. More hot under fifty yeah. percent and two picks. Uh, that you still might make it. <laughs> All right, here's 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 my quarterback take. Cause now you got me in the quarterback take train. No, Jalen Darden means more than two picks. Both quarterbacks will play because one plays bad. Both will throw two picks, and they'll only score seventeen points. Look, look at you just prices riding me, just adding one more to whatever I say. Oh no no no! I added a whole other quarterback and two more picks. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? What if they just mess around and win? Well, then, for those who didn't read your VIP column, you might need to delete that. I just, I'm just going to delete that instantly. <laughs> if you haven't checked that out, check that out. Uh, we have a lot of great, like, I've never, we have never put out this much really good VIP content on our site. Like, it's like legitimately, I'm proud of what we've done. So, subscribe if you have it. You missed out on the 60% deal. You know, that's your own fault, but um, I'm sure we'll have another one coming up soon at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, subscribe to Mean Green 24-7. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mean Green 24-7, at CJH Mitchell, at Matthew Bruni underscore. Colin, how's Maya doing? She's doing good. She's probably outside my room wanting in here, you know? Mm. Oh, you kicked her out of the room today? Yeah, because she, she barks sometimes. She gets groomed on Sunday. Got to be ready for them for them, uh, them Christmas pictures. Oh, there you go. There you go. Get... <laughs> Put her, put her in a little outfit, and then you wear the the outfit as well. Y'all uh, wear like Norma, matching outfits. Norma, 
for those who don't know, is my girlfriend. Uh, she got us all matching pajamas. We have to all wear them. They're not they're not costumes, so that's good. But we're all wearing red pajamas. So oh my gosh! All right. Well, fun. we need to see this this photo here. If 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 this podcast gets or not this podcast, but if we get to forty five on, on iTunes, Colin will post a photo on his on his Twitter. Wow. That should have been you. you Should have took the opportunity to say that I lost the bet, and that should be. Oh no 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 no! no. (laughs) I'm I'm doing it for my own personal gain. Oh okay. For our gain, Colin. For our gain. But yeah, so leave us a five star rating and review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud as well, um, and subscribe to Mean Green twenty four seven. That's all we got for y'all this week. Uh, We will be back after the football game on Monday to wrap up the football season, to give our full unfiltered thoughts you know what we do is that the full um, season podcast it probably will turn after, if after, a, after the 45 point just complete meltdown just record the pod at like the third quarter <laughs> we'd start the pod hello everybody and it's in the middle of the third quarter they're down 50 <laughs> Here's oh, the there, he <laughs> there he goes again there he goes again Oh my god. Anyways, we need to we need to end this podcast. We're just rambling. Um, but yeah, check out our football podcast on Monday after we do uh, when we do that. And yeah, y'all stay safe and we'll talk to y'all later. Peace.